All right, folks, this is Alistair from Ash Inspire, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. Cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. No, it's, it's uh, mutually beneficial, I'm sure. <laughs> I agree. So I guess, uh, I guess we could jump right in. Uh, for those not familiar with uh, Ash Inspire, can you give us like the two-sentence elevator pitch? Um, Ash Inspire is like experimental, radically um, politically motivated, vaguely blackened like, art music. It's a little pretentious, but the, the goal is to to make music that sounds like the uh i suppose the, the the political absurdities that it's trying to fight against in a way um something like that well that works and i know um you know i listened to the the single tragic heroine and i've mm. read the bio but there's a I know you didn't mention it, but there's like a mixture of jazz and black metal and a whole bunch of dissonance going on. How do you think that reflects what we're all going through over the last two or three years? Uh, absurdity, I suppose, is is <laughs> one of the key words there, right? Like a really um, a uh, a sound that is unpredictable. Uh, without a not without a stable foundation the music doesn't have that we certainly feel like we have an unstable foundation <laughs> um the i suppose like a lot of those like experimental elements uh come from like uh, i mean a lot of that music is where like the boundary pushing is in music at the right. moment um and all the all the crazy stuff is um or a lot of the crazy stuff is made by a lot of the jazzers and um people in uh weird electronic music and people who are operating on like the the fringes of stuff as to how like all of this relates to our our current situation um it needs to feel as stressful and as um yeah as grating as as and grinding relentlessly grinding as um the the slow decay of um <laughs> uh, uh, mark fisher calls it the slow cancellation of the future uh, which i think is a uh, nice a quite an a, quite an evocative way of describing things um yeah, and that's that's what that music's in service of, I suppose, is is creating this this oppressive sound world. Um, yeah, that's where it's at, I think. So all of that is intentional. Then I mean, you don't go, you go into the studio or you go into the writing process with the idea of you're going to be dissonant and chaotic, right? I mean. The the music I I write just sort of 
have falls out of me a little bit. It's it's not really like as controlled as as all that. I think it's maybe just um, a reflection of where I'm at. Um, that the music sounds like it does, but say for example the the vocal delivery, um, which is one of the I think one of the things people pick up on is as uh, one of the first weird elements, uh, one of the most uncomfortable parts of the music. That is very much just very little preparation, apart from like having the the words and phrases that make up most of the lyrics rumbling around my head for. Um, you know, the better part of several months before they're recorded, right. sometimes up to years, and then just going in and delivering them the way that they feel. Okay. Um, it's it's very much a, a full body, um, like cathartic experience to just like unleash it all. Um, mm-hmm. and in that sense. Yes, like the the intention is to express the the feelings surrounding uh, the the subject material, and that comes very naturally. I, I don't really, um, I don't sit and practice the the lines right. over and over again. There's very little in the way of melody that needs to be written. It's mostly just it just kind of happens. Um, which I think fits the the tone of the music quite well. I do too, and I think this kind of music, and you you know, you've stressed the uncomfortableness of it all, but I think you know you can relate that to like the '60s and the early '70s, right, where it was uncomfortable music trying to say something about society at the time. Yeah. And I think you guys are doing sort of the same thing, and maybe a heavier vibe. Does that make sense? Oh no, totally. And a lot of that music is is a lot heavier than the music that's being made now. I mean, King Crimson, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, like these guys were really on the edge of what people were um, prepared to listen to certainly and, and capable of understanding at least in the, the mainstream. Right. Um, and like, and those guys were only just like uh, taking on some of the, um, the weirder stuff that was being developed in the contemporary classical world as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely got notes of those sorts of like um, politically relevant, like uncomfortable music. I, I think like uncomfortable music for uncomfortable times is is like a a, a constant um, in in human history. Right. So um, we've skirted around a little bit. I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Is there something you want your fans to walk away from or the listener to walk away from after listening to an Ash Inspire record or even more, you know, importantly, Hostile Architecture, which comes out in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Um, with either record that we've had so far, the, the goal would be t- for the listener to kind of reflect on their circumstances and sort of question the origins of those circumstances. So for the first record, um, we were kind of talking about British imperialism and imperialism as a whole in the Western world and how that informs a lot of the societal conditions that we uh, currently live under. Right. And, um, you know, how that affects other parts of the world. Um, In this one, 
it's more intimate in a way. It's it's less grand um, and more about the the day to day experience. So this new record, we're looking to get people to, I suppose, reflect on the material conditions of their everyday life, right? Um, and like how their how societal structures reinforce those things, um, and. Ideally, the listener would come away from listening to a record thinking, how does that relate to me and the way I live my life? Um, am I like, not all of the lyrics like make total sense to someone who isn't me. Um, but I think they're, the goal with some of them would be like to reflect on like the feeling that they're conveying, the, the discomfort and like, I would really like people to go, well, where does this come from for me? What mm-hmm. can I attribute in, in, within this feeling to um, the rigid hierarchical institutional structures that surround me on all sides? Right. Um, yeah. So like just making people aware of the things, the boundaries around their world, I guess, is like, um, is the goal and then to start questioning them. So I think, you know, you're writing these in, in Scotland and you talked about British imperialism, but I think on the grand scheme, we're all in this fucked up world where, mm. you know, even us over in the States can relate to a lot of what you're saying because it's pretty screwed up over here as well. Well, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like um, a lot of uh, the, the Western world for want of a better term um, will find something that's like, relevant because i mean i'm writing this music these lyrics from the perspective of a subject under neoliberal capitalism which of course you know the uk and america north america um are bastions of and have been since the 1980s um so yeah like there's i think there's a huge amount of relevance um to American audiences for sure. Um, perhaps more so than UK audiences, yeah. but yeah, I don't know how much of the news you get from over here, but it, we're in a pretty fucked up, uh, position <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's all pretty messy everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's what, one of the dangers I suppose with making this kind of art and music is dwelling in this world, uh, too much, um, can be quite, quite intense i suppose Um, however you mentioned it a minute ago it's very cathartic both for the artist and the listener i think right heavy music mm -hmm. has a way of transcending that that sort of feeling and even though it's dark i think you know the listener and the artist take something away from it that's not as dark does that make sense oh absolutely like there's at no point on this album where the the goal should be like apathy or giving up or nihilism that's like the complete opposite of the point of the record it's it's designed to be i don't want to say motivating that's a little cheesy but it's it's like um the idea that yes things are, are grim but it's in the little things that you can do in your communities in which you're going to find the power to change things um and you know, part of 
that community building is in the world of of art and music and yeah that that understanding being built between people i agree and so you mentioned it again but i think and i say this a lot on the show to other people but i think you know we've gone through two years or three years of just total nonsense and everything has been shut away and whatever but i think we're going to see like this crazy artistic renaissance not just in music but in like art and all the arts really because everybody's been locked away perfecting their craft and going through this collective I don't know what you'd call it, but you know what I'm saying? And I think now on the upside of it, you're going to see all this creative renaissance almost. I think that, yeah, there's definitely the possibility for um, a huge amount of really good art to be coming out. And certainly, you know, lots of it has already come out. Um, Much of the stuff that was, I think, rushed to come out during the pandemic, pandemic art, if you like, was a little underbaked yes um i you know we've all seen zoom theater plays and and whatnot right like online concerts that don't really do anything with um that format or they they sort of just kind of go oh isn't it crazy that this is on zoom or or, or whatever right and they it's gimmicky um but i think the collective um traumatic experience that has been you know undergoing <clears throat> the, the, the absolutely mental last few years will uh, i suppose the only way that a lot of people will be able to manage and process their experiences of it will be through art um and i i always prefer art that has like a a really earnest and honest communication of some sort of feeling. Right. Um, and given that people are feeling quite a lot, I, I hope to see more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you guys planning on taking this out on the road at all, or is it going to be too difficult? And well, it's, it's always a, a big stress to like try and get this band moving. Cause there's quite a lot of us. Um, there is a, a lot of moving parts on in all of the music that we make um but yes we are going out on the road um we're planning no confirmed uh, or rather yes confirmed not announced dates yet in germany in october and we're trying to get into denmark next year um and then yeah just trying to like get off of uh, get off of the island off of brexit island how difficult is it to play this sort of mu- or to translate this into the live setting? Because there's a, like you said, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of technical parts. Is it really difficult? And do you think about that when you're writing? Like, hey, I may not be able to do this live. Or um, when I like write music, in terms of like how I approach the performance of it, um, I will try to write parts that I can that I know I can nail in the studio basically. Um, and yeah, there's always an element of like pushing um, oneself to try and um, just reach that little further, do that little bit extra. Um, but in terms of like individual performance, um, both myself and the other musicians, I think will tend to create parts that are, you know, it's better to write something simple 
that you can nail rather than something complicated that you won't. And like the the music is pretty complex and pretty technical in places. Um, But I I think a lot of our musicians are extremely, extremely competent and like really, really good at their craft. Um, The difficulty comes really just with arranging everyone into a room and getting the hours in to make sure that um, it's as tight as possible. Um, and we've been putting a lot of work into that, uh, which of course, you know, because of the past few years has been uh, a very difficult thing to do. Um, but I mean, we played our first show since March, 2020, just on Friday there. And it was, I think a, a pretty compelling performance, a really good, um, like, uh, assurance of that, that what we're doing is right. Um, and we've got, uh, some other bits and pieces. In fact, we've got our album release show coming up at the end of July, and that'll be a really good, um, chance to, we'll be performing, uh, the record, um, and we'll have all the musicians and that's quite, that's quite, uh, an endeavor to try and get, I I think it'll be seven people on stage, uh, and that's that's removing some of the instruments. I mean, we're you're hard pressed to find a, a hammer dulcimer player right. um, who's willing to take part in this sort of thing. Um, How great was it to be out on the out on stage again after all this time? I mean, I I love performing, um, and I I do it with quite a lot of different bands. Um, with Ash Inspire, it felt very much like. Oh yes, no. This is this is right. Um, we we were very quiet on stage. That was that was the major issue. Uh, was that uh, the amps need to be up loud as fuck, um, and they weren't. But that's fine. Um, with that sort of thing taken care of, yeah. No, it it feels really good. It's a really, um, I mean, it, it's pure pure personal like human expression uh for me in in musical form and so it's uh, it, it doesn't get better than that really right. were you nervous after being away from the stage for so long no not really um like I, i've put a lot of time into it um right. and been gigging quite a lot with other bands um so i was i suppose um just stressed with, with organizing things. Right. Um, but I, yeah, the musicians in Ash Inspire are like, I trust them, um, to, to get things right. And yeah, we've, we've put the work in. So I didn't think anything was going to go terribly wrong. Uh, and it didn't, although our singer did, um, uh, smash his face open with an SM58. So, oh, wow. um, it, it's fine. It's all rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no spinal tap moments though, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's great. So art, I mean, uh, Ash Inspire hostile architecture is out the 15th. If fans want to find you guys, uh, you pretty active social media. Can you just give us your links? Yeah, we're, um, we're on Instagram at Ash Inspire underscore. Um, and then same on Twitter, I think. Um, Facebook. That's about it. I try to. There's too many of them. There's there's a there's a lot of it. Um, and 
<laughs> only so many hours in the day. Yes, I know. I mean, I'm a little in a different boat with the with the show and all the other stuff I do, but there's only so many things you can keep up with. I know there's absolutely once they keep coming up and you know doing it DIY. There's hardly any way to to do all of this crap at the same time. But those are the main ones, and you guys are pretty active. Fans want to reach out. Yeah. We try to keep pretty active. Um, of course, there's you know Bandcamp and YouTube and all the rest of it to find the actual music, but uh, to find out what we're doing. Of course, uh, Bandcamp Fridays they can get uh you guys get all that music right. All Absolutely. That so head yeah, on exactly. over. And I think that's all I've got. That's the end of my questions. Did I miss anything you want to cover? Um, I think you've been very thorough. Good. I did the research, so and I, I dig it. It's it's very different. It takes a little bit of getting used to, I think, you know, second or second or third time I listened to um, Travis Harrow when I finally, you know, began to really get it. I don't think yeah, it's like, put on like and just casually listen. No, it's it's not easy listening. We, we've had that back actually a couple of times. Um, <laughs> we had one review who said, um, you know, it, this is a vital, vital record. One of the most important you'll hear in 2022. But it might take a couple of lessons to get. Yeah, used I to agree. It. And don't take this the wrong way. I don't think it's the the record you listen to cruising down the highway doing seventy five with the windows down. No, this no, it's, it's not. It's not Judas Priest. Yeah, <laughs> right. Correct. But I, I mean, I dig it. I like what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, keeping it going. Thanks very much, man. That's all I've got, my friend. Thank you for taking the time. <laughs> Apologies for having to jump oh, out in the middle there. Um, it, no problem at all. Um, good luck Brilliant. with the record, and uh, I don't know, hopefully we see you stateside someday. Thanks very much, dude. Have a great day. Be well. Take care. Bye. See you later. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.